Welcome to the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. I'm Steve Addison. And today we're talking to Chuck Wood about what it takes to get to multiple generations of churches. Chuck was keen that we begin our time together reading the scriptures. why I want to read this psalm, Steve, is because I read it this morning, and I think it really demonstrates what God is doing, not only in my life, but in your life and the lives of so many people around the world. It's Psalm 44, 4 through 8. You are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you, we will push back our adversaries. Through your name, we will trample down those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor will I trust in my sword to save me. But you have saved us from our adversaries. You have put to shame those who hate us. And God, we have boasted all day long. And we will give thanks to your name forever. And as I was reading that, I was just thinking of God's kingdom advancing. And it's because of his name, his glory. And it's not by our bow or sword or methods. And our great adversary, Satan, is being crushed. As we look around the world and seeing Jesus being glorified, and that is how I wanted to start this morning, that Jesus Mm. is being glorified as we move forward. So. Mm. And Chuck, before we we uh, got online, you 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 sent me uh, just uh, you've been sort of mapping. What God's doing uh, in different places where you have a, an influence through through mentoring and and, and training, mm-hmm. and quite a few places people are certainly seeing not just individuals come to faith and um, but they're seeing churches formed and those churches reproduced. So, what what are you learning about um, the sort of people who are able to see? Um, not just new believers and disciples, but but new churches form? Well, I think uh, the first thing we need to do is look at Jesus' parable of the soils. That um, Jesus, I think Jesus intentionally gave us that parable so that we would look for the right person. Because a fourth soil man or woman is going to reproduce 30, 60, 100 fold. Uh, I think sometimes we try to create the soil or adjust the soil. And that doesn't mean that people can't change. I, I believe in the transformational power of the gospel. Jesus changes us, but we're not the one changing the soil. It's God. We're looking for forced soil that bear much fruit. And that's where the task of generation begins is finding that four soil man or woman. So to me, I, I latched on to that um, parable 
long before I read your book and mm-hmm. about movements, but then uh, putting that into practice has really been a game changer. So for soul, that's okay. So what one. what does it look like to put that into practice? Well, um, you you have to be able to identify these folks. Yin Kai, I love what he says. You know, don't chose anyone. So you're not choosing people based on their looks or their intelligence, you know, how fast they run. You're, you're looking for the hand of God on these people. And they, oh, I'll give you one example. A guy named Bud here in San Antonio, Bud and Denise, we met with them one time at Starbucks, uh, talked about House of Peace search that very next week. They went out and did a House of Peace search. I hadn't even trained them. I just talked about it. Hmm. And they went out and did it. And so, to me, I'm looking for those kind of people that when they hear something that sounds biblical, that sounds like Jesus, they immediately put it into practice. And those are the people we're looking for. Okay, now I'm I'm used to the person of peace idea, but you're, Mm -hmm. you're talking about... Bud is a believer. And so yeah. you're saying he's the fourth soil person. Sometimes those people are believers. Yeah, exactly. In fact, when you look at this gen map, most of the folks that are leading these churches are believers. Now, they are aggressively sharing the gospel, all of them. In fact, I won't train somebody who doesn't aggressively share the gospel. That's part of being a fourth soil kind of person. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're training believers and non-believers. We train everyone. So that's, uh, that's the key. You, you don't choose, like Inkai said, just train everybody. But it turns out in our Western context, a lot of these four soil people are people that just haven't been discipled. They've, been, they've not been around the four fields. And so we're teaching them to do that, and they latch on to Jesus' principles, and they're tenacious about that. Okay, so are they also persons of peace? Is, is, is that how you're seeing it? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we even talk about churches of peace. Anybody who will listen to you, receive the message of the kingdom, reproduce the message of the kingdom and bear much fruit. Uh, I, I see those as people of peace. So. Okay. And, and so when you're saying a fourth soil person is, is aggressive in evangelism, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Yeah, they're sharing the gospel uh, three to five times a week. And uh, I'll give you an example Here in San Antonio, we have one church of 10 people. Their goal was to share the gospel 2,040 times. And that was through multiplying their efforts. Not that those 10 people would share, but they'd multiply their efforts by training. They shared the gospel over 6,000 times in 2015 because they were so aggressive at sharing the gospel. And so their baptisms reflected that. In the last two years, they have over 
150 baptisms, that church of 10. Okay. So one thing you're learning is surfacing fourth soil people, multiplies, Mm -hmm. and and often they're believers, but it's like their faith and their discipleship is ignited by by what you're training them in. Right. Okay. Mm And yeah. what what else are you learning about not just seeing new disciples but seeing new churches form? Yeah, I, uh, one of the things that with these fourth soil people, they believe that God can use their life. And uh, the reason why uh, you have made such an impact in my life is because you pointed us back to the Scriptures And we actually believe that Jesus can still do these things that we saw in the Gospels and Acts. And so these folks, when you cast that strong vision for them, they they latch on to that. They believe that God is still doing these things. And, you know, everywhere Deb and I go, we always hear, this is the toughest soil in the world. Mm. Here in England, (laughs) when I lived in Australia, it was there. And when I visited New Zealand, it was over there. It just moves wherever I am. Right, exactly. Wherever you go, it's the toughest soil. But there is no tough soil for God. We just need to obey him and trust him. And these men and women trust God. And even in the front end of this, when you're sharing the gospel and nobody's coming to Christ or you're trying to plant a church and the church is just, you know, we've seen so many churches evaporate. But these men and women of God are tenacious and they just keep at it and they believe the promises of God. And so they're going to stay after it until they see the breakthroughs because they believe God. So... And they're uh, more likely, you're saying, in your experience, they're Mm -hmm. more likely to be pre-existing believers. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't rule out a new believer doing this. No, no. But Mm -hmm. certainly in the West, that's the pattern you're seeing. Yeah. How do you find these people? Well, uh, you pray a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, you you beat the bushes. You know, you're, you're doing what Jesus talked about with the wedding Uh, the parable of the king's wedding feast. You know, you go out to the highways and the byways and you're looking for these people. And what the irony of this is usually you don't find them by beating the bushes. They find you. And so they'll track you down on the website. They'll track you down on your podcast. And uh, they'll say, I like what God is doing in your life and I want to join you. But I don't think that comes unless you're beating the bushes, going to highways and byways, inviting people to the king's wedding feast. Because now God can trust you with those kind of people. And so he just brings them into your life. And over and over again, I see that. Be faithful in little things. And God will trust you with the big things. So you're praying, beating the bushes is you're getting training out there. You're telling mm-hmm. the stories of what God's doing. Mm-hmm. So there's part of what, what you do or what others could be doing. They could be training right. and, and sharing the stories. 
There's another part that God brings them to you. Yes, right. And we never want to underestimate train broadly. When you look at Paul and Jesus, how how vast territories they covered and how many people they trained and discipled to find those four soil men and women. I mean, it it's astounding. I was reading Romans 16 this morning and that list of people that Paul knew. And that, that's just the ones he knew intimately, you know. Mm-hmm. And so to train everyone and just, if it moves, if it has a pulse, train it, you know, disciple them. <laughs> so, so part of the key is to find the right sort of people. Mm-hmm. And there are four, fourth soil people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it that they do that helps them to get not just new believers and new individual disciples, but they actually see a new community of believers, a new church form? Yeah. Um, the first thing they do is they learn to abide deeply in Christ. They're praying people. They're searching the scriptures to see what Jesus did, and then they imitate that. Now, a big thing that we haven't touched on yet is that they are getting to church. And they will do whatever it takes to get to church. We're not doing missional communities. I love that. Cell groups, love that. You know, life groups, great. But the thing that's really going to make the difference is when we get to church. And here's one reason why I think that's so important. The priest of the believer, priesthood of the believer, is fully realized when we do church. It's not fully realized when we do cell groups or missional communities because the expectations for that leader pretty low, quite frankly. But when we take the glass ceiling off and we head towards church, now that leader can grow into the big shoes that being the church and leading the church provides. So that person can become everything that God has intended them to be as a leader. And being church is very stretching. It's very demanding on those leaders, but they believe God, and then they develop as those kind of leaders. So we got to get to church. So already they have the intention. This is not just a discipleship group. Right. We're going to get to church. Yeah. So what's the difference between just a, a group that's a missional community or a cell group and what you talk about as church? I think Jesus really lined this up for us. He, he compares the church to family. And now we have the universal family and I have my extended family and there are family members that I touch base with occasionally, but my local family, we are loyal to one another. We know what's going on in one another's lives. We weep together. We laugh together. That family, that close-knit family that we have, that is life transformational. And we have got to get to that kind of family. 
and, and Jesus calls it the church. And anytime the church is not family, we're really not using the full potential of what Jesus intended for life transformation and leadership development. So we're shooting for church. And if that means, uh, this may be a little controversial, if that means meeting on Sunday morning uh, so that we're not, quote-unquote, playing church on Tuesday night, because sometimes existing believers will, they don't say it out loud, but they, they think, I'll play church with you on Tuesday night, but I'm going to my real church on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what we find is, we use Sunday morning in order to build in that loyalty, commitment, accountability, to really draw a line in the sand and say, are we a church or not? Now, I realize the church can meet on any day of the week at any place, any time. But just like Apollo 13 when it was running out of oxygen, used the moon to slingshot back to the earth. The target is the earth. Our target is healthy church. And so we're using the tradition of Sunday morning to slingshot us back around to get to healthy church. And so uh, uh, our folks are doing that. And the ones that get to family they're reproducing. And doesn't that make sense uh, physically and spiritually? Okay. And and so they're using that tradition of Sunday morning, and that helps people with a Christian cultural background to realize, right. yeah, we, we are church together. Right. Yeah. We're not just playing church. We're, we are the church. All right. Anything else that has helped enable these, uh, you know, these pioneers to to get beyond just individual conversions to to forming church, to forming community? Yeah, I I think uh, field five or the center of the four fields, multiplying leaders. This is kind of my wheelhouse. This is where I live and breathe. If you find Timothys and you equip Timothys to find more Timothys and equip more Timothys, you're going to get to generations. The church helps us do that, but we have got to focus on those leaders. And I use the, the acrostic uh, love, the way that Paul won Timothy's heart was through extraordinary love, extraordinary obedience, extraordinary vision, and extraordinary example. And so what I'm trying to do for the Timothys that God has entrusted to me in my life is be that kind of example of love, obedience, vision casting, and example. And so I've got to set the pace but it doesn't mean that I raise up a Timothy and, you know, uh, send him off and good luck. It means that I'm very engaged in their lives. Uh, I pray for them. I initiate. Sometimes leaders don't initiate with their Timothys. They, they figure, well, if you're not initiating with me, 
then uh, maybe you're not that interested. Mm. I, I do think there's a component of that, but really the leader has got to go the extra mile to uh, equip these Timothys and demonstrate their love for them. So coaching them and taking the initiative that you care about what God is doing in their life is super important. So, But what, what, what sort of um, helps you identify who that potential Timothy is? What are you looking for? Yeah, uh, I use uh, a couple of things. One is immediate obedience. Uh, Two is just a faith in God. You know, they they believe that God's going to use their life. Uh, To a degree, I'm looking for the cat on the screen door. You know, they're always right there asking questions. How do I do this, you know? Uh, sometimes they'll apologize to you, you know, Hey, I know I'm taking up all your time. Hey, brother, sister, this is what I live for right here. But, uh, you got to let the cat in too, you know, so you got to take care of the cat. Um, so I'm looking for that. We can use the acrostic fatter. I'm looking for faithful, available, teachable, and reproducing. Timothy's. That's who I'm looking for. I have a frog gigging story, but you can catch that on my YouTube video. But basically, people need to be taught how to identify, equip, and then uh, send out Timothy's. And that's that's a skill. So. Okay. So there's got to be that genuine love within mm-hmm. the life of the church Mm-hmm. And then a leader who's looking for identify and invests in Timothy's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then um, and this is repeating the process because they're they're potentially a fourth soil person, right? Mm-hmm. But it might take them a little while to get there, right? Yeah. Yes, you need to be patient. You need mm-hmm. to be patient, but they they show those signs through their obedience and faith. Uh, Jeff Sundell, I love what he said, you know, use the gospel as the filter. And so for believers, they'll share the gospel. For the non-believer, they receive the gospel. And so that's one of the keys. But there are a lot of areas where they're obeying Jesus. So, mm. And um, Chuck, I'm, as I looked at that graphic, I'm, I'm seeing not just churches are forming, but second, third, fourth generation groups. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. you sort of think all the stories that are behind that simple graphic, um, what, what, what do you notice about the sort of people that God is using? What sort of people are they? Well, they're all kinds of different people, and that's, that's comforting that, you know, there's an apostolic prophet here who's very direct, very strong. And then you have an apostolic shepherd who is, you know, very loving. And, and, and not that the prophet isn't loving and the shepherd isn't uh, prophetic, but they have their strengths and, and also their weaknesses. And God uses us despite that. But... Uh, these folks, they've been trained. They, 
they commit themselves to continuing to be trained. They, they put into practice what they're learning from Jesus and the apostles out of the scriptures. They're a very, uh, this is their life. That is probably the mm. best way to say this. Like you talk about in your first book, White Hot Faith. They have surrendered their life to seeing God do this. And they will do whatever it takes. They are uh, completely abandoned to seeing God's glory and no place left. So they don't have to be the smartest, the fastest, the best looking. They just need to be committed. Mm. And that's, that's the kind of people that we're seeing get to generations of churches. Uh, and persevering, you know, they, they did not give up. They've been knocked down a thousand times and they got up a thousand times. You can visit movements.net, the links to Chuck's website and resources. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.